Hello again, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. As many of you know, I've personally formed a daily sketching habit that's been happening for over five years now. Yep, I haven't gone a single day without sketching stuff in all of that time. While that sounds like a rather incredible thing, it's really not all that amazing. We have so many little habits that we do each and every day. Many of these are things we don't even think about consciously. They just happen naturally. Whether it's that daily shower or bath, brushing our teeth, or having a cup of coffee or tea. We never fail to take a little bit of time out of the day to do these things. Sometimes I hear people say they don't have enough time to make art, but the reality is there will never be enough time. Truly, it would be awesome to have all of the time in the world to do the things we love, but even if we only have a few minutes to spare, that's plenty of time to have a little fun sketching and doodling, or indeed, doing any little creative thing you adore. And soon, before we know it, we've formed a lovely little routine that never actually feels routine, since one never knows exactly what will happen when it's time to create. That's the pure fun that comes from making new things. So here's a little collection of stories that appeared once while I was sketching habits. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Doing a bit of exercise. When it comes to exercise, I'm not one to spend hours trying to perfect my body. I own a pair of dumbbells, like the ones I very quickly sketched here, but I don't really ever use them. No matter how many heavy things I lift, my arms remain rather skinny and nothing I do ever seems to change that. I might achieve a bit of muscle and definition for a brief time, but my body quickly eats it and I'm back to exactly as I was before. So I gave up on lifting weights years ago. The only bit of exercise I've ever truly enjoyed was yoga. To be more precise, hot yoga or Bikram yoga. That was amazing and I became addicted for a period of time years ago. What I loved was that although my arms never grew larger, it made my body smaller to make everything match thin and consistent. That to me was a breakthrough. Also in Bikram yoga, the resting position is standing or laying down, which makes perfect sense. Normal yoga employs a move called downward dog, which required me to stand on my skinny arms with my butt up in the air. This is the least restful position I could ever imagine. What strikes me as funny is hearing people chat or flirt on the street and ask the question, do you work out? as if it's not entirely obvious simply by looking at someone. But what they really mean is, do you have a hobby of perfecting your body like me? It's a way of bonding, I guess. For me, I'm quite content to have painting as a hobby instead. There are only so many things you can dedicate your time to, so if working out is the thing that makes you happiest, then by all means do that. But if you, like me, love painting and always finding time to make that happen, then simply eat healthier things, walk when you could drive and take the stairs instead of elevators. There will always be a little moment to paint. I guess in the end, I'm just a guy who likes to enjoy life and whether it's my paintings or my body, I'm not interested in making a masterpiece. I just want to do the things I enjoy most and hope that in the process, good things will come back to me in return. Perhaps that's why I ultimately stopped doing Bikram yoga. 
As amazing as it was, the moves take a full 90 minutes to complete per class. In order to do so back then, I had to make it my only hobby. There are, after all, only so many hours in the day. Today, according to my doctor, I'm extremely healthy, but visually to those who work out, I would be considered perfectly average. I'm cool with that. I now have that time to paint and write and do the things I truly love most. I've learned that life is actually an exercise in making the right personal choices. No matter what the trend is currently taking place or what your friends are all into at the moment, you have to form habits that work for you. If you want to be an artist, your habit has already been chosen for you. No matter what is happening that day, you feel the urge to create and make something new. Follow that feeling to wherever it takes you. It's a daily habit that will make your life better than you ever expected. And when you face that blank page, don't worry about creating a masterpiece. You're just doing a bit of exercise. Chocolate melting in your mouth. When I thought of a prompt of chocolate once, my mind leapt to the famous campaign for M&Ms where they advertise that it melts in your mouth, not in your hands. One of the commercials in the 80s depicted a bartender on a hot beach who grabs a handful of candy and holds it while mixing drinks. Ice cubes fly magically through the air as he prepares the cocktails, but the real magic comes at the end when upon opening the palm of his hand, the M&Ms are perfectly intact. It was a ridiculous scene, but very memorable. I did switch for a time in the early 80s to Reese's Pieces, of course, because they were the kind that E.T. favored. Apparently Spielberg wanted M&M's, but the company unfortunately declined, so kids everywhere made Hershey's very happy that year. I've no idea why all of this came to mind instead of a simple chocolate bar, but that's just how my mind works sometimes. I also remember that people had their favorite colors, even though they all tasted exactly the same. Red M&Ms disappeared for over a decade, replaced with orange, as the dye was thought to cause cancer. The year after E.T. was released, the red ones triumphantly returned, but it wasn't until the mid-90s that the blue ones arrived to replace the odd tan color that nobody claimed to prefer. The blue color was actually chosen by consumers, who also had an option of pink or purple to replace the tan ones. Personally, I preferred the green ones, which have thankfully been around the whole time. It's been years since I've had these, but the memories are wonderful to look back on. And even if those tan ones were a bit odd, it's a memory that kids today will never experience. Something that only people of a certain age will ever remember and can now tell their children, ah yes, back in my day, the blue ones were actually tan. I'm not sure why, but it feels good to have these unique memories. Simple things like telephones with a cord, camera film, or maps made of paper that made it possible to actually get lost sometimes. Though it's admittedly nice to know exactly where you are most of the time, getting lost was actually part of the adventure on family road trips. Change is inevitable and things will continue to progress, but I'll always have a soft spot for those things that we left behind. I often wonder what things I'm enjoying today that will no longer exist in 20 years. Will those printed books on the shelf seem like a lovely antiquated idea? It's not entirely possible to know for certain what the future will bring, 
Despite the changes in color, it makes me happy to know that M&Ms still exist. That every memory hasn't been completely replaced by something new. And so, as life continues to advance to places we never knew it might go, I'll always have very fond memories of those days of chocolate melting in your mouth, not in your hands. Watching birds. One of the most relaxing things in the world is to simply sit outside, perhaps with a drink in hand, and watch birds. Often, if I'm still enough, one will land on the railing of my terrace. For a brief moment, we'll catch each other's eyes and he'll stare back at me, cocking his head to assess what's before him. I stare back and nod imperceptibly, as if to say hello, and I'm never certain that the greeting is communicated. In moments, he's done with me at any rate and flying off to parts unknown. It's funny to realize we were both watchers in that moment. He was watching me as well. I'm not sure if I was as interesting to him as he was to me, but I cherish the short little time that we shared. Life can get so busy and hectic that it's wonderful to have those little moments where nothing much at all seems to be happening. A brief encounter with a little bird can often be the best part of a busy day. A singular pause that makes the whole day simply drift away into something peaceful and happy. I have to admit that I'm guilty of charging through days without stopping to enjoy the world around me. There are just too many things that have to be done each day, and it's easy to get caught up in the swirl of actually trying to do them all. But there is always time to take that moment to pause and reflect, to grab a brush and make something new on paper, to forget about all of those complicated things that don't seem to be sorting themselves out and just savor the moment. Those delicious daily moments where I can scribble something into existence and add some splashes of watercolor, pressed for time and often wondering what the heck I should make, yet lost in the glorious moment that brings me so much joy. Sometimes I wonder what I ever did before I discovered watercolor. My break at the end of each workday wasn't nearly as therapeutic and comforting to be sure. I certainly appreciate this new happy hour much more than the ones that came before it. It strikes me that no matter what is happening in life, we should always make time for the things that give us the most pleasure. Sometimes, sure, it seems like we're indulging and forgetting about what's most important. But to me, the most important thing in the world is to do what makes us happy. When we're happy, everything else in life just gets a bit easier. Life itself is a far smoother journey when we can embark with a smile upon our face. A quiet confidence that although things are never going to be perfect, they can still be perfectly wonderful in the moments we allow our hearts to embrace the positive. And in these moments comes the tantalizing truth that we are all artists in our own unique way. Each one of us makes something happen each day that couldn't have happened if we weren't there. To me, at least, that's a totally amazing thing to consider. It's all a thing of beauty, whether it's creating the next watercolor masterpiece or simply taking that cherished moment to get lost in the humble yet amazing experience of watching birds. A long hot bath. 
Though the idea of pouring a nice bath is lovely, the truth is it's been years since I've actually lived in a place that actually had a proper bathtub. My mind immediately left back to when I was a kid and had bath time. I almost sketched a rubber duck, but I'd already done that previously. Bath time as a kid was a time to play with toys, or at least that's what parents everywhere encouraged, just to get kids into the bathtub in the first place. It's true, without toys, it held little interest for me. By the time I was an adult, a relaxing time in a tub filled with soap suds and perhaps candles on the edge was something that was perfectly lovely. But waiting for the tub to fill sort of killed my interest, and I would get distracted before the bath was even ready. Currently in my home, you'll find two showers and in the master bedroom, inexplicably, a Japanese soaking tub. This is a bizarre porcelain barrel that was installed by the first owner of our row home. You can't lay back and relax in it, but must simply squat in a crouched position while jets on the side squirt bubbles at you. The entire effect is a bit like being boiled as a human soup and not particularly appealing, so I never use it. Made worse, it's positioned between the two sinks, so it's a perfectly ridiculous reminder of something interesting that only seemed like a good idea at the time. I've often dreamed of owning one of those claw-footed tubs I've seen in bed and breakfasts I've stayed in when I used to travel more for work. Even though they were there, I never managed to indulge. For some reason, the entire ritual required to create a proper bath was just too much effort. That and the fact that I'm 6'3 and those types of tubs were made back when people were far shorter. In fact, I've rarely stayed at a hotel that had a tub long enough that I could properly stretch out in, which indeed is the entire point if the end goal is relaxation. But when I used to stay at my grandmother's during the summer as a kid, baths were the only option. I remember the basin being sort of a pinkish mauve, but I'm not sure if that was the case or the side effect of all the red dirt I was always washing off of me. Weirdly, I still remember the smell of the soap. I'm not sure where she purchased it, but it had a vaguely floral scent. Thinking back to it makes me happy. No matter how dirty I ended up while spending time on her farm, that evening I would go to bed smelling amazing. When my dad moved to Texas for work, his first order of business was building an extravagant master suite onto the house he purchased. This included an impossibly large bathroom that was larger than most bedrooms. One of the primary features was a large jacuzzi tub with mirrors on three sides. I've only used it once. I quickly realized that mirrors might be incredibly wonderful and perhaps even sexy for those with a perfect physique, but that many at once for the rest of us is just a bit disturbing. I'm not sure if he actually ever used it or simply liked the idea of it being there to suggest a bit of opulence. One day we'll move to somewhere a bit more secluded. When that happens, I hope to have a large and amazing bathtub that will accommodate my height and provide a truly fabulous experience. Perhaps by that time, I'll have learned to slow down enough to actually enjoy it properly. It's a dream that I hope one day to experience. A perfectly relaxing evening spent doing nothing more than enjoying a beautiful tub full of soapy water, taking a long, hot bath. Singing in the Shower 
Perhaps one of life's greatest pleasures is the ability to transform yourself into a singing sensation while simultaneously bathing. If you're a budding bathroom vocal artist, I would highly recommend this particular type of showerhead. It not only provides a sort of spotlight to shine down on you during the performance, but it also doubles as a microphone when you really need to go for it in that final chorus. Truly, one of the real joys can be found in the amazing acoustics that a shower stall provides. Where singing elsewhere in the house might produce less satisfying results, the reverb and echo of a shower can make one think, wow, I sound incredible. Why didn't I ever pursue a singing career? Even the water splashing onto the floor can begin to sound like applause from adoring fans. For a brief moment, you wonder if you should take a bow, but then realize the coffee is ready and so you simply hop out and dry off while happily humming the last few bars. How exhilarating. Very few experiences in life allow for these wonderful solitary moments where our imaginations can run wild. Music and art share that wonderful ability to consistently provide these kind of experiences. Sure, we're not usually naked when painting with watercolor, but if that is your thing, then of course, by all means, enjoy. That ability to be lost in a creative moment is one of the best feelings in the world. When we can let down our guard and just allow ourselves to go with the flow, we are always at our best. Free from rules and constraints and just completely going for it without a care in the world. When I was a kid, I always approached everything this way, but as I got older, I'd spend time thinking through things first. This usually led me to rethink an idea entirely and move on to something far safer, which of course does nothing but stifle creativity and keeps us moving down the same path. These days, whenever I can, I try to approach life like a little kid would. I don't overthink things and spend precious little time worrying about what might happen next. Because of this, I've been labeled impulsive by some, which is the word people use when they see others doing what they wish they could do as well. This, however, isn't an accurate description, as impulses are often involuntary actions that have no rhyme or reason whatsoever. In truth, a better label would be instinctive, which I think was true for all of us once upon a time. Somewhere in the journey of growing up, we can forget to rely on those instincts and choose instead our learned behaviors. What can feel like showing proper restraint is really just a habit based on those tedious adult fears of the unknown. I say play like a child would, have fun, and try whatever crazy things you can in life. And if you ever worry that you don't have it in you, just remember that perfectly amazing time that you were almost famous while singing in the shower. A fresh pair of socks. While donning a fresh pair of socks is certainly a wonderful thing, I'm sure the same could be said for many other clean bits of apparel. A fresh t-shirt is lovely, and most definitely one should probably never leave the house without fresh underwear. At least that's what mothers everywhere warned us should you find yourself in the unfortunate event of getting into an accident. Apparently being rushed to the ER wearing dingy unmentionables would be an embarrassing occurrence. But if one is rushed to the ER, I'm pretty sure that's probably the last thing they're worrying about in the end, so it's rather odd sage advice. Fresh sheets are particularly pleasing because you get to bury yourself in the smell of fresh laundered cotton and not simply admire it from above on your feet. Since I'm a few inches over six feet, that's a pretty long way down. 
but simply knowing that you've covered your feet in something fresh and new is still a good feeling indeed. Second only, of course, to fresh underwear. Thanks, Mom. Actually, my mother doesn't like to wear shoes, much less socks. I've no idea why, but that's always how it's been. I know many people sleep in socks, which to me would be a terrifying thing. I tend to run incredibly warm and my feet would be melted off by morning. When you're sleeping with another person and their feet get a bit cold, socks are definitely appreciated. Feeling the icy chill of cold feet brushing against you can be an alarming thing indeed. But no matter what kind of shoes I'm wearing, I do prefer to wear socks as it seems a bit more sanitary that way. I've no idea really where I'm going with all of this, except to say that when it comes to socks and other accessories in life, we have to have our own opinions. Truly, we can all agree that oxygen is a rather important thing, but from there it all devolves into our personal preferences. We're beautifully unique in that way. But the thrill of something new is truly an incredible and alluring thing. I think that's why I love making a little doodle wash each day in my sketchbook and writing a little story to accompany it. Well, story is likely elevating all of this as I really just type as I go, so it's more of a lively ramble. But stopping for a little moment to create is one of the most amazing things we can do each day. So many tasks that we regularly perform simply have the effect of making the day move forward. A creative task is one that has the ability to transform it. Taking a rather ordinary day and making it rather extraordinary for just a brief moment in time. A moment that lasts far longer than the act itself. Not creating a masterpiece, but just making a little something that surprised even you when it appeared there on paper. A moment that felt transformative and amazing. And even if nobody else can sense the exact feeling you felt when you painted it, it doesn't matter in the end. It's the simplest of life's pleasures. The kind that matters simply because in that singular moment you felt something amazing. Like putting on a fresh pair of socks. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Thank you.